Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thanks for joining me again today. And we've been talking about the Christmas season. And of course, we're still in it. So I'm going to share a little bit more about that for the next couple times because it'll be leaving us fast enough and we'll be going into the new world, the new time, the new the new January real shortly. So uh, bear with me, and I hope that you'll learn something and feel good about what I'm going to share today. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for our listeners, and Lord, I pray they had a great Christmas. I pray they have a great following, days following, that they would serve you, honor you, remember you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, of course, you know during the Christmas season we celebrate the birth of Christ. You know, we're and how we recognize how one individual has impacted the world. How significant Jesus is to time and to how history hinges upon the events of his early life. There are some significant letters that we use in our calendars to divide time. I'm sure most of you recognize them, B.C. and A.D. They're going to be labeled, uh, they, they are used to label the number of years in the Julian and Gregorian calendars. Can anyone tell me what B.C. stands for? I imagine all of you can tell me what B.C. stands for before Christ. And most people in the Christian realm would state that A.D. stands for after death, but actually it stands for two Latin words, Anno Domini, which means the year of the Lord, but often quoted as the year of our Lord. Like both ways of saying it, as it reminds us all of Jesus is the Lord, that's the important thing, meaning he is the one and only, no other one but him. Or when we say our Lord, It is a reminder that he came to earth for us as our Savior. Whether you believe Jesus is the Son of God or not, our calendars are based on his appearance on the earth. So we are now in 2019, the 2019th year of the Lord. Society has created a push against these terms, and even seminaries have often used the terms BCE, which means before common era, and CE, which means common era. Just another way to take Jesus out of our calendars for those who do not believe. But the reality is, that is at the birth of Christ, time was split in two. The greatness of our Lord. Isn't that interesting how society has been made after the birth, around the birth of Jesus, but yet society is trying to take the birth of Jesus out of our lives? Who is this Jesus that has affected our way of life? You know, we, we hear songs sang by choir and choirs that talk about the birth of Jesus. He was here even before light existed. He became the light of the world. He is the Son of God, a giver of hope to the hopeless, the fulfillment of the law of the Old Testament prophecies, the one who gave up the throne of glory to placed in a manger, the one born to live so we could live, the one born to take the chains of sin and leave them broken in the grave, the long-awaited Messiah, born to save us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So let's just take a look at the the book we've been looking at the last few days, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 through 11. And we find the passage says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, giving watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Before Christ was born, there was a real sense of the law, and you followed it. 
By following the law, you are able to close the distance between sinful you and the holy God. But there, but like, but there was uh, also consequences for not following the rules, like Adam and Eve. You know, they were just given one rule, one rule in the Word of God to follow, and you find that in Genesis two sixteen and seventeen. He says, "And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden." But you must not eat fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. In the long run, Satan tempts Eve by twisting God's word around, causing her to also twist God's instructions. Ultimately, Adam and Eve break the one rule. They were cast out of the garden, and their lives became one of toil, and they eventually died. So throughout the Old Testament, you will see characters trying to live out religion to please God. You see, religion is a man's effort to reach God. It involves human effort to become acceptable to God. Up until Jesus showed up, to get near to the presence of God was kind of terrifying. He showed himself through the forms of a pillar of fire, a smoking furnace, a tornado, or a whirlwind. After Moses spoke with God for several days, after he returned from the mountain, his face was radiant from only looking at the back of God that Moses had to put a veil over his face because the people could not look upon Moses until the glory went away. See, God decided to change that. So he stepped onto earth through his son in human form. Jesus comes as a baby. God was taking away the fear, the fearfulness of the Old Testament and God making himself accessible. Isn't that great? God became accessible through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Moses was denied seeing the face of God, but through Jesus Christ, you can meet God. Jesus' arrival changed our connection with God from a, from a religion of laws and rituals to a relationship. It was no longer about religion that tried to work its way to God, but now it's about a relationship of Christianity that is God's attempt to reach humanity. It is centered on a personal relationship between Creator God and His human creation. It's about loving God who initiates the relationship by revealing who He is in human creation by coming to us in the person Jesus. And it's through life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that a person is given the way to become acceptable to God. You see, the gifts of Christmas is that Jesus came to be a personal friend, that paid a penalty, that God, who is holy, just requires for sin, which is death, as we well know in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, there are still guidelines in the Bible that lays out for us to follow. The New Testament is full of suggestions of how to live a better life. There are guidelines for our own good, guidelines that help us in all aspects of life to enhance our life. I don't know about you, but I need guidelines in my life. I need guidelines to keep me going the right direction. You know, we we all have rules and regulations, even at your workplace. You know, there's things you can do, things you can't do, rooms you can go in, rooms you can't go in. There's always guidelines to life. Sometimes people fight against guidelines. We shouldn't fight against guidelines. We should be obedient to those things that we're supposed to be obedient to. And more than anything else, we need to be obedient to the Word of God and listen to what He has to say to us. But when Jesus came, He did not come for only those who followed the rules. He didn't come for only for you. Jesus came for everyone. He wants a relationship with each one of us, not just those that are walking the straight and narrow. So we do not draw closer to God by just following rules, but it's cultivating a relationship with God 
that will draw us closer to him. It is because of your relationship with Christ you will want to follow God's instructions. Folks, he gives us an instruction manual. He shows us and tells us how to live. He gives us guidelines, and we live every day, and it is not a burden. It's not burdensome. It's a joy to live for Jesus. It's a joy to have a relationship with him. It's a joy to get up every morning and spend time with him, talking to him and and sharing your heart and listening in the still quiet voice and listening to what he has for us. The religious people of Jesus' day actually got mad because the unreligious people were having a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus told them, I did not come for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. I did not come for the healthy, but I came for the sick. I came to show them the love of God so they would know who God is. You see, there are a lot of people who know about God, but they do not know God through a real relationship with him. Maybe it's their church. They think they know God through the church. Folks, it's not through the church. It's not about the church. It's about your personal relationship with him. That's why I always tell you, you know, go to a good God-believing, God-teaching, Bible-teaching church, but it's not about the church. It's about your personal relationship with him. Well, the church says I have to do this, that, and the other. It's about what God tells you to do in the Word of God. Hopefully our churches are leading and sharing guidelines from God's words, the principles from God's word, but God is who you listen to. God is who you follow, and that's why it's important to go to a good Bible, God-teaching church that teaches a relationship with Jesus Christ and the truth of the word of God. So Jesus came so that we might know God, not just know about God, but know God. You know, and, and we find in the Word of God that we have all sorts of things that are laid out for us, things to follow, ideas, and, and, and things that we need to live by. And as I read through the Word, I come across them from time to time, things that just kind of hit home with us. You know, and so, in fact, in Matthew, and I'm turning my Bible as I speak right here because I didn't have it marked. I had two other passages. Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, we see Jesus saying this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doer. Oh, it's easy to say we love God. It's easy to say things, you know, but I'm telling you what. He says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Folks, you've got to live Jesus. You've got to know Jesus. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. And it's about God's word. You know, spend time studying God's word. Know what the word of God is saying. Spend time in communication with your heavenly father. Spend time praying. Spend time cultivating a relationship. We don't want him to say, I never knew you. How do you spend time with God? Do you spend time alone with your Heavenly Father? Or do you count on your time at church to be enough? Folks, it is a personal relationship with Him. I would encourage you, even if you're not doing that, to start today. Start spending five or ten minutes alone with God, speaking and listening, and just saying, Lord, show me your way. 
show me your hand. Show me the direction you want me to go. And Lord, show me your love and help me to love others. Well, I'm out of time. I'll continue this, I believe, uh, the next time. Thanks. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.